Welcome to Gone But Not with me, Luke Aldridge. On this podcast, I'll be speaking to a different person each episode about death, loss, grief and mental health. Whether we like it or not, we will all experience loss at some point in our life. So why is it still such a taboo subject? One of the aims of this pod is to get people talking and normalise grief. Grief comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, from losing a parent or friend, a family pet that you adored, to the breakdown of a relationship, to the loss of your health or career. I'll be chatting to friends old and new about their experiences. This could be people 20 plus years in, or those that are still in their first year. Either way, we're all in the club. I hope that you enjoy these conversations and they help you normalise death, grief and loss a bit. Maybe it'll even start the conversation with you. Hello you lovely people and welcome to pod number three. I hope that you're doing alright and you've... uh, had a nice week and all that kind of stuff um these first three podcasts are going out to a a test audience um and then hopefully being uh unleashed upon the wider world so um yeah exciting stuff kind of getting this one finished and then um seeing essentially just seeing what people have to say about it pod number three is talking to lovely lovely man nick brown uh, Nick is someone that I've known for a, a couple of years. Um, we met through my other half, Becky. He is a friend of hers. They were at, at school together and all that sort of stuff. But Nick and I hit it off pretty quickly. We're both big nerds, sort of films and comic books, and, and have got various other bits and pieces in common. Um, Nick actually came to the Man Cave. Um, we had a chat, uh, COVID-friendly distancing and all that sort of stuff, but we were actually in the same room together, which was uh, which was novel. Yeah, so um, I will be back at the end to, uh, to waffle a bit more, but in the meantime, I um, hope you enjoy pod number three with me talking to Nick Brown. Do you want to tell us a bit about you and um, you know how we know each other and all that sort of stuff? Excellent. Um, I'm Nick Brown, and I know you through uh, your wife, which whenever I say that always sounds dodgier than it should do, <laughs> but I went to school with your wife. Um, introduced me to you, and you know we're fairly geeky yeah. on you know slightly didn't, different levels. Didn't but take long, did it? No. Just to, uh... To realise that we're both massive nerds. I think when I saw the plans for the Death Star on your arm, <laughs> tattooed on your arm, I kind of thought, oh, here's yeah. a man who knows. <laughs> he knows Star Wars. He's cool, like me. So, you live in Tring? I live in uh, Tring. Our kids are at the same school. Yeah. Um, what do you do? I'm a building surveyor, which is exciting. <laughs> I, very, very exciting. It's exactly as exciting uh, as I've just made it sound. Yeah, this will be so. This will be interesting, as as we you just said, sort of off off mic, getting a building surveyor to to talk, and yeah. a male a male building surveyor rather than the female musician. Yes, Fiona in the last in the last pod, you know that that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I won't be too guarded. But no, I hope not. No, I hope not. But you know, I can't guarantee right. it. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of grew up around here didn't you it's all Berkhamsted yeah so I grew up in Berkhamsted which is five miles from Tring I don't think it was that Um, uh, went to school locally ended up uh, at Plymouth University 
coming back here for work, marrying, settling down, having kids. Um, but yeah, now living in Tring, uh, same as yourself. Nice. And who are we talking about today? We are going to talk about my dad. Excellent. So, um, who was he? What was his name? Tell me about you and him and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, no, Peter David Brown. Um, he was very much a man's man. Um, he was much like yourself. Not so much. Not so much. I mean, he was a marble red smoker, uh, which uh, probably has something to do with his demise. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, he was very stoic, very, you know, very much a John Wayne kind of never apologise, son, it's a sign of weakness. And, you know, that kind of, if some, if they're saying wrong, you know, not man up, but it was almost mm. kind of, you know, like that. Right. Um, you know, and I always said to people that, you know, to a certain extent, he, he was my hero, because, you know, or, or I you know, idolised him in so much of the fact that he worked really hard mm. and he gave us as a family um, a, a lot, you know. But and again, I think that might be a generational thing because, you know, he went to work, worked really, really hard. But then, you know, he'd get up at seven in the morning, go to work in London, come back at eight, nine o'clock at night. So really kind of growing up, it was him kind of, you know, the weekend really, by which point he was shattered. Um, and... I think perhaps because of that, I've kind of gone slightly the other way with my kids. You know, I try yeah. and make sure that I'm home um, at a decent time to put them, you know, bath and bed and all yeah. the rest. So, what did he do? Uh, he worked in copiers, which in you know the 1980s was kind of big business really mm. for Kodak. I don't think even, not even 100 percent sure that Kodak, you know, in that um, way is still kind of operating. But as I say, it was big business in the 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he just he worked really hard, you know, for selling copiers and, and all the rest, and it did afford him, a, you know, a certain lifestyle, mm. um, which you know, I'm very thankful, <clears throat> so you know, very thankful for. And um, when did he die? It's it's not been long. No, it? so it's 2021 now. So he died in 2019. Right. Um, Do you remember the date off the top of your head? Yeah, the 5th of March. Okay, so two two years. Yeah, the... we buried him on his birthday, so the twenty fifth of March. Right, um, which was you know in itself was quite difficult, um, you know. But then also it doubles up on the you know the, yeah. the, the anniversary, so to speak, his birthday and his funeral. He could have won here. Right. Um, so yeah, no, it's um, you know I'm into year two of you know whatever path I'm on with you know with Greece um I think I just said Greece with a T and an H I think H. you did yeah I was gonna Greece. let it go that was interesting <laughs> um now I feel silly uh you know so yeah, whatever path that you know two years down the line it was Father's Day here yesterday yeah um the first Father's Day was just like you know a really raw wound uh whereas this one was a bit better hmm and I'm hoping that over time, you know, it just, it's a nod to my yeah. dad. But, you know, whereas in kind of year one, it was really kind of like very obvious that I miss my dad. Yeah. So this is, this is third, third Father's Day, I guess. Is, is that what Yeah. I mean? Yeah, I guess it yeah. will be. I, I mean, the way that, the way that I always kind of try and 
try and see it is very much kind of a celebration of you know being a dad and I think that as time goes on hopefully that's kind of you know you can it can become a bit more like that um, and a bit more as you know celebration of your kids and you and your part of it in the family and and yeah and not just kind of how oh, fucking hell my dad's dead you know mm. but but it, it does it it took a while uh, and I think it you know still one of my sisters doesn't kind of you know sort of come out of her cave on Father's Day okay. um, yeah so it, I, I guess it, it takes and that was takes, well, what I mean a fair while ago for you yeah, uh, coming up to it'll be eighteen years in December. So I think I think that's in some respects. I mean that that must speak volumes about your dad, that you guys all still yeah you know really miss him. Yeah, you know, even kind of eighteen years down the line. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. That, that as I say, that's a nice thing. I think mm. in some respects. Yeah, and I think I sort of touched on in the first pod. I think kind of sort of general mumbling introduction to me of just um, yeah. I mean, do you want to get to a point where you don't? Where it doesn't upset you to, you know, to miss yeah. it. Yeah, it's a it's a funny old one, isn't it? Because you, I mean, I don't want to be okay with the fact that he's not around anymore. No. It's, um, you know, um, the fact that he didn't have a relationship with my kids and mm. all that kind of stuff. And you know, he'll he'll as your dad will, you know, he'll kind of miss miss your your kids growing up. Um, did they did they get on with him? Did they know? Him? Yeah, no. Um, my son, especially William, he um, loves airfix models. So yeah. William can be quite happy. Will you know sit down with me and make a Spitfire or a Hurricane or some sort of World War Two? Right. And that's something that my dad used to do with me. And yeah, cool. Uh, so my dad also, you know, you know, you knew like the engines and what, what you know, top speed and all mm-hmm. the rest. And Walking top trump. That's it, basically, yeah. And so William used to kind of, when my dad used to come over, he used to go and get all these airfix models that he'd made with me, and he would say, you know, this is a Messerschmitt, and this is a Spitfire, and all the rest. And my dad was, like, nodding away, and he said, well, yeah, this one here was, you know, better than this one, and all the rest. And, you know, William really, um, got, you know, on that level, got on with him. But also, I mean, William's, my dad had four grandkids. Yeah. William's the only boy out of them. And to a certain extent, a lot kind of got channeled into. Right. Uh, yeah, that's the fu- that's the future of my family. There's, sure, the, there's sure. the boy. Um, but you, you, you love the girls. But you've got a brother, haven't you? I've got two brothers. Yeah. Oh, two brothers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, um, in fact, yesterday, you know, being father's dad, I managed to speak to one of them, but not the other. And my oldest brother, uh, I think, is it called half brother? I mean, is a hundred percent of him. But um, <laughs> top half, bottom. yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's stepbrother or half brother, but it's from my dad's first marriage, right? And um, he's 51, I think, now. And he had a very different upbringing. And you know, he was saying to me yesterday that I mean, he, he's a massive games geek, my, my oldest brother. Mm. And he, he said about how my dad used to take him to. South End Pier, and they used to play like the computer games on, oh, you know, the, cool. the arcade okay. games and yeah. stuff like that. And, so, and it's something that I'd never done with my dad. Right. You know, it was completely different. You know, what he was saying to me yesterday was that he's got essentially a completely different set of memories to me, which is, I think, it's nice. Yeah, but it was news to me. Right. All of this yesterday, you know, I say, oh yeah, we used to do this, we used to do that. Oh wow. Okay. No idea. 
first time I've heard it. It's funny how, um, I mean, I'm still learning stuff. You know, there will be sort of the odd story that I just kind of go, how the fuck have I got, you know, this far away and, and, and have never heard that story. And it was, it was something, it was probably about three or four weeks ago that, that one of, one of the, I can't even remember what it was. I think it was one of my sister's. Um, sort of just casually dropped something into conversation that I was totally news to me. Mm. Um, but no, that's I mean that's really nice that so your dad obviously kind of you know tailored, yeah, you know, tailored stuff to to each each kid. Yeah. Um, I think by the time I came along, he was just tired. He <laughs> <laughs> was just like, uh, do you know what? He'll be fine as long as he stays out of prison. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be okay. Just don't play with knives and you know. Are you the Are you the baby? I am. The three. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I can. I can totally uh, really. You can see that, can you? <laughs> uh, no, I was thinking more like I could totally sympathise. Just go, oh yeah, go on. Yeah. He doesn't set himself on fire. Yeah, no, quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before things were rolling, we were talking about um, about grief cast, weren't we? Mm. Um, um, do you want to just? Yeah, no. So uh, my dad had had um, the cancer diagnosis, mm. and he actually went through two bouts of cancer. And, right. and arguably, cancer is not what killed is is not what killed him. Um, but the first one, he was esophageal cancer, and uh, they 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 did the surgery and they said you know we're pretty sure that we mm. got it all and then the second bout I think about three years later um, it was liver cancer I didn't realise this I mean yeah man. no so, so it, it already kind of beaten one form wow. and with the liver cancer they, they said look you know it's, it's quite a mass and we're going to have to remove quite a big portion of your liver to see you know to see. Mm. and it was I think at that stage when he'd had that diagnosis that I started talking to you about it because mm. I was working uh, with you on your cinema yeah and I remember kind of one evening just be you know late night I think it was like one or two o'clock in the morning we we're coming back from the hellfire caves and you know we were just talking about this stuff and he said mm. look try you know try grief cast um the, the Carrie Ad Lloyd uh, podcast and it really did me, a, I have to say, a kind of a massive favour, really, because it kind of got me used to the thought that, you know, when he does go, mm. and it was looking less and less likely, like, you know, he was going to perhaps survive this one. Um, It was really helpful to know that other people had gone through it, and yeah. that it wasn't, you know, it, that everyone experienced different emotions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're listening to celebrities. I mean, I think Adam Buxton, you know, the, the, the one that he was talking where, you know, he was actually in the room when his dad died and they yeah. were talking about that. You know, it just, it was nice. You know, it, I hate to say it, it was nice to hear other people's grief. No, it's, it's comforting, isn't it? It, it is. It, and I think the fact that there are certainly kind of the towards the beginning, I think as, as she goes on, um, Carrie Lloyd kind of um, opens up the kind of people she talks to, but I think she starts with mainly com comedians. Yeah. So you're essentially getting uh, kind of warm, funny people. Yeah. Uh, Who are trained to deflect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think that um, knowing that it's all right to laugh about stuff. Yeah. And knowing that it's all right to to kind of tackle stuff. I don't know with a certain lightness, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, people dying shit, obviously. Yeah. But you know, there, there will be days where 
you know, you have sort of a memory popping to your head that makes you chuckle, makes you smile, well, or you, whatever you, it might be. I mean, you were talking with, uh, I don't know her, so I mean, I, I think I, to call her Fee, I don't think I can. So we'll go with Fiona. Um, about the fact that you had that comedy moment where an old woman in a bus stop was hailing. Yeah, my dad's hers. Yeah, and it kind of reminded me so at the crematorium up in Suffolk um, as we're sat there you know they're all very not I don't want to say particularly solemn but you know none of us are it's not a laugh a minute no, no. there was a window cleaner outside <laughs> literally just like running a squeegee over the window like, <laughs> And it just, it was like, I mean, I just turned around and oh, I, I just, I, I, I just went, oh, for fuck's sake. That's beautiful. And it was just one of those moments. And then the guy, I think the guy realised, because, you know, he'd only done a half a window and I hope he didn't get paid for the rest of it because oh. he, he did Scarpa pretty quickly. But it was, again, it was just one of those moments that my dad would have found funny. Yeah, totally. You know, he would have seen the funny side of that. Um, that day, I mean, I wasn't in the best of moods. I have to say, you know, there were certain people in my family, my extended family, who kind of got on my nerves a little bit that day. Right. And, you know, actually kind of made me think, you know, I'm not going to see these people again. You know, people in my, you know, yeah, uncle, basically an uncle right. who just, I just didn't particularly get on with. And then I thought, you know, I can't be bothered. As, you know, so that, that day itself had a kind of varying mix of right. emotions for yeah. me. Um, so yeah, were you busy kind of um, with funeral stuff? Did you did you have to do much of the sorting and? Um, uh, there's a lot of admin, isn't there? The couple, kind of week or two leading up. So I mean, I'm, I'm going to listen to your question and completely ignore it. And <laughs> I mean, what I'll say is that. So, my dad died on a Monday, and I'd gone up to. So I, I, it was pure chance, that myself my wife you know we had nothing in the diary mm. and you know normally you know Helen's working on a Saturday and I just said should we go and see my mum and dad and I, I didn't know at this point yeah. that so we went out there and uh, my dad had just had this liver uh, operation and he'd been back in hospital a couple of times so he, he'd come out at Christmas and he was just acting really oddly I mean he was just he, he he was had a very short fuse, which is kind of he, he, there was always a little bit of humour with my dad, but right. there was it was humourless. Okay, um, and to the point where actually that Christmas we left a little bit early. Okay, um, right. just because it was just a bit odd, uh, you know. Right. For my for me, I think it was a bit odd. So he'd you know he'd been in that hospital and and then he'd, he'd come out in in uh, March. So we were we had gone up there. And I don't know, I mean, literally just odd situation, but I kind of walked through the door and I just went, you're right, mum, and then walked straight upstairs to go and have a chat with my dad. You know, she said, oh, he's upstairs. So, you know, not knowing anything, I got on the bed and I was chatting to him for hours. So, you know, he's lying on the bed next to me. I'm chatting away to him. He Mm. looks like he looks awful. And then I went downstairs and my mum's in the kitchen. She just turned to me and she said, "Um, they've given him three months to live. And I was just literally, I, I just didn't know. I mean, right. this is, so it was just, I mean, I think the timing was, you know, my mum's timing needed work. Um, 
But I just went outside and it literally just the, the you know the the bottom fell out of my world. Sure. You know I've got my kids there, they're kind of sitting in the in the living room watching you know whatever whatever was on Netflix, and I phoned my brother who at the time was living in Greece, and I just said it's not good. And we we did a you know my dad woke up a bit later on and I did a video call with my brother, and. He, you know, we, we finished the video call and I went back outside. My brother just said to me that we, I need a, a no bullshit assessment. Mm. Do you think I need to come back to say goodbye? And mm. I just, I just, again, my mum's saying to me three months. I'm just looking at my dad just going. And I said, I think you should. So he got on a flight uh, on the Monday, right? Uh, on the Monday morning, and i say i've got two brothers and i contacted them both over the weekend and said look you might want to get there right. you know you might want to get out there as soon as possible my mum phoned me on monday morning and said look he's pretty much comatose he's not he's mm. not responding at all um do you want to come up now this sounds incredibly selfish but i'd had a really nice day with my dad on that saturday mm. And, you know, I, d I don't regret it now. Whether I regret it in kind of 10, 15, you know, even kind of 20 years, I don't know. But I, I don't, still don't regret it that I'd had that really, really nice afternoon with my dad. You know, we, we kind of laughed, joked. I, yeah. I told him that I loved him. He told me that he loved me. Um, yet when, my, when it came to that Monday, I couldn't go up. I mm. literally was just, do you know what? I can't do this. And it was a purely selfish thing that I'd had this really amazing day with him. So both my brothers went up there. Um, uh, my brother had flown in from, from Greece to Luton. I think he landed at like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. My oldest brother lives in London but doesn't drive. So my brother went and picked him up, right. went up to, to Suffolk. They got there at uh, seven o'clock and my dad died at quarter past seven. Wow. So it was just literally, they, you know, you can kind of put as much spin on it as you want to yeah. and say, well, like, you know, he was holding out to say goodbye or whatever. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not religious and I'm not particularly spiritual or anything like that, but, you know, there was just a couple of things that happened in short succession that just made, it just made me question stuff for a little mm. while. It just made me think, you know, I, I started seeing kind of perhaps coincidences and patterns that maybe you know weren't there but perhaps were helping helping me deal with you know the grief and stuff but so i wasn't around so when my dad died and had his final breath i wasn't actually there so for the next couple of days both my brothers mm. stayed with my mom up in right. suffolk and they did a lot of the legwork for you know filling you know, in forms and right. stuff like that and I had to give it a few days before I could, you know, once I knew my place, my brothers were going, I thought, right, oh, that's when I'll stand, you know, yeah. take it. And the great thing is that I run my own company. So we just cleared the decks. Yeah. I just said, right, I'm going to spend three days up there solidly. Um, but when it came to the funeral, I, no, I, I, I genuinely didn't do any of the kind of busy work or anything like that. Mm. I mean, I, sorted out some flowers with my mum I think I think that was it we'd gone I went to the bank with my mum you know to try and kind of close down my dad's account and yeah. move monies around and stuff like that which more kind of um admin type stuff mm, yeah um so yeah I mean so I, I took your question and answered the one that I wanted to answer <laughs> so yeah uh did you do um coffin bear or anything like mm. that was there a... no but I, I did 
um, I wanted to, you know, not do a eulogy, but I wanted to to say something, mm. and I it that took me days to write. I mean, right. it really did. It, it I would put something in, and you think in in my family, I was kind of always known as a little shit, basically, <laughs> and. You know, you I remember. Surprised me. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember saying to my dad, you know, he was he was talking about kind of dying and all the rest. And I looked him in the eye and I said, "Can I have your watch?" And it was just he just went, you're a, you know, he just said, "Oh, you're a little shit," you know. And it was a joke, but it was just you know that's that's pretty much how I you know handle stuff. Yeah. Um. So you know, the, I wanted to do a talk that that had an element of humour in it. Mm. Um. And you and I, I mean, we had like the um, Batman Superman moment where we both went and saw Blade Runner together at the mm. cinema. And I said, "Oh, this is this is something special for me because this meant something to me and my dad." And you said the same thing, you know. And it was just you and I both had watched Blade Runner without our respective fathers. Mm. And um, so, in my kind of uh, would have been weird if we'd have watched them with each other's fathers. That would have been very odd. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, depending on the age, I think say social um. services would have been involved. But um, so yeah, no, I um, uh, in my speech, I, I you know, I, I clearly nicked a line from Blade Runner and said, you know, it was just, all these moments will be lost in time like tears in rain. But I mean, I'd love to say I was cool, calm, and collected, and gave a really good talk. But I mean, I was just crying. I mean, I was just crying all over the shop, and I had to keep stopping catching my breath mm. doing a paragraph right and a, and, a, and a speech which probably should have taken me like two minutes you know when it went on for kind of six or seven minutes or you know perhaps even more because i had to keep catching myself but i thought you know what i could just go and sit down here yeah. or actually majority of the people in this room i'm probably not going to see again yeah and i don't really care you know i'm going to say my bit here mm. uh for my dad so i, I stuck it out you know, I did stick it out, and I, f- and I felt good for it. And I've, I've actually still got the speech that I wrote, and I'm really, pr- you know, pleased that, although the delivery was less than perfect, it was heartfelt. And I think if you can get through that on your dad's funeral day uh, without, you know, dissolving, I think there's probably something a bit wrong with you. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even try. I I didn't want to be coffin bearer. I I kind of passed fairly sort of late in the process I think initially I thought I'd, I'd do it and um, I realised I just needed to hold on to my mum really yeah. um, I organised a lot of music for, for my dad's service um, but I didn't not for, for one second did I kind of you know put myself up there talking to a crowd um, no no and actually I th- I think that was for me, for my dad, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that does make sense, but that was for yeah, me yeah. to kind of, you know, to, to, to start the, you know, saying goodbye. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it probably wasn't right for me to try and do it. I mean, no, I, it, think it's, I think it's brave, man. It was, so, you know. Brave or stupid, but I mean, it, it, it probably wasn't, you know, in hindsight, probably, you know, I was nowhere near ready for it, but, mm. you know, I thought I'll give it a go. I mean, it's it's there and it's you know, it's once and you can't change yeah. it, can you? So I think you either, either no. grab it with both hands or you. You know, and I was thinking this the other day. Look, you know, to get to the age of um, 
you know, I was 37 when my dad died. And how old was he? Uh, 74. Well, okay. That's... So, you know, I kind of thought, you know, really, I mean, my, my granddad died when I was 18 on my dad's side. And I, uh, it really wasn't that close to him. I think I'd met him like four times in my life. So really? okay. it was like, okay, you know, your granddad's dead. And I was just like, at 18, it was just kind of, oh man, that's sad. Mm. I'm off to work. You know, it was just, there wasn't an, an emotional, you know, attachment there. Whereas, mm. so really I kind of class, you know, my dad going at 37 is, is the first kind of um, bit of grief that I've, I've really had right. to deal with. So, I mean, that year was just, I mean, I know 2020 and 2021 with COVID and everything has been a shit show, but... Um, I'd have to say that 2019 for me, I, I'd lost my dad. I think about a month later, I it, yeah, it was a month later I lost a friend of mine. Right. Um, I lost my grandmother, who I was really close to. Right. And then my mum ended up in uh, hospital, just being just so because it was her mum that had died, it was her husband that oh, died, so okay. she just ended up she ended up in hospital with pneumonia, and she was on a ventilator and stuff like that, and it was just. That year, I have to say, she went into hospital in the October, and in, so in between, I lost my friend Sarah. I'd gone down to her funeral. I lost my grandmother. Went over to, to her funeral, and it really did detract. You know, losing my grandmother, which is something which ordinarily, as a standout moment, would have really bummed me out. Mm. It just—I was just kind of like, well, you know, she was ninety-five. It registers very differently. Doesn't it, it really did compared with, that. yeah. It was, yeah. you know, my dad, it was just like, I'm in that proper, proper grief. And then when my nan went, it was like, well, you know, she was 95, she had good innings. Mm. Uh, and it was really different. I mean, it was, and actually, standalone, I think I would have grieved very differently for my grandmother had my dad not just died. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, that year, I have to say, I think it hit October time. And just everything had just, you know, that whole year had just been crap. And then my mum phoned me and she said, oh, I'd been lecturing down in Plymouth, and my mum phoned me, and she just said, "Oh, I'm I'm in hospital." And I remember driving back from Plymouth up to Tring. I'd just been lecturing down there, and uh, it just—I I don't want to say something snapped inside me, but something just went. I just shut down, you know. Yeah. And I, I could—I can kind of pinpoint the moment that I was just like, "Do you know what?" I know people deal with with crap, and I know that you know in Syria and kind of war torn countries, people go through far worse, than, you know, than than this. But just for me, you know, being essentially the baby of the family, you know, mm. the, the, the the and then because I was the only one in, you know, that, that really was in the UK, that I, that all of this was falling on, you know, to my mind, it was like, oh, mm. this is all falling on me, and I just. It's saying as it says, just just went. Do you know what? And it, I just shut down emotionally. I think from that October, probably for a good five or six months, right? I was just an autopilot. And I think up until that point, I just kept going and going and going. And then that October, when I got that phone call from my mum, I was just like, "That's it," you know. And I just. Mm. Well, I guess that. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? That you're you are essentially kind of um, battening down the hatches and mm. in case mum goes. Mm. And it's just, um, you know... I don't think I'd even twig that at the time that, you know, in case my mum goes. I think it was just how much more have I got to deal with? Mm. And then obviously the following year we get COVID. But I mean, to be honest, that was all picnic compared to 
2019, as far as I was concerned. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd already been kind of dealing with a lot. And I, I in, in certain respects, you know, I look back at my grandmother who was having to go to hospital quite a lot and yeah. also my dad who was having to go to hospital quite a lot that actually I kind of thought, well, COVID probably may, you know, it may well have got them. And also right. my dad wasn't one for kind of being told he, you know, he couldn't go out and do stuff. Mm. You know, he was very much kind of, sod you, you know, if I'm going to go down Tesco and get my cigarettes, I will. Yeah, I mean, I've never known my mum to go out as much as when she was told that she couldn't do Excellent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah. Flip I, the I finger. Totally get it. So yeah, I know from that respect, it was actually, you know, I, I, I look back at 2020 and to a certain element this year, and just thinking, well, actually, would my dad have enjoyed this? Would my nan have enjoyed this? And mm. the answer on both account on both accounts is no. Yeah. So you know, in certain respects, you think, well, at least they didn't have to sit through this. Um, and I, again, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it's Sheldon Freud. I, 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 I'm kind of comparing myself with. I think there was a lady on the news who, you know, she tried to hug her sons at one of these COVID funerals and was told that she couldn't hug her sons right. in the you know, in that respect, I actually kind of got to say goodbye to my dad without any restrictions, sure. without any restrictions yeah. on numbers or or how distance or the fact I've got to wear a mask or something. Yeah. So again, from that in that respect, you know, you look back on it with a certain amount of kind of positivity. How have you found? Um, I guess kind of COVID hit sort of. A, I guess around your first year anniversary, didn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. And yeah, no, it did. Um, I. Uh, it's a really good question. Actually, I think it did me a favour. Actually, I have to right. say because that first lockdown, the weather was incredible around here, mm. and my work was fairly quiet. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't completely dead. I was quite yeah. fortunate. I was able to keep working, but I was able to kind of go out on, on walks with the family and stuff like that, and would go on long kind of four mile hikes you know yeah. you know all around you know tringing through the woodlands and stuff like that and it was really nice and i think actually it kind of did me a favor that first lockdown right i think you know in in hindsight it did because i mean i think there's a, there's a correlation between when i started feeling that i was coming out of the other side of you know my, my emotions shutting down i mean again might be kind of slightly over analyzing it but there's a, there is a, a you know a correlation between the two things, mm. and then I was perhaps not suffering with the same kind of grief that other people were going through about being you know being told that they couldn't go out and stuff. And you know I'm yeah. not a massive going out and drinking in the pub kind of person really. Sure. So for me it wasn't a massive you know change <clears throat> yeah. in in scenery. So it was quite nice that you know I, I started doing all these pastoral things like you know going for walks in woodlands. Yeah. And, you know, it was Can't not hurt, bike riding. It? No, I mean, it was just nice stuff, you mm. know, nice. And, and it, I think it, it was good for the soul. Do you feel that you kind of need, um, you know, to kind of stick your head in work or are you all right on, do you need time on your own? Are you better around people? Or is it sort of a combination of I mean, various things? I Certainly with work... I relied on that after my dad died. Yeah. I, I kind of so even the day after my dad died, I said I was going to go and do a survey for somebody that uh, right. was kind of 
a friend of a friend. And I still went and did that survey the next day. Right, okay. And I was just like, you know what, I, I needed to do it. And I needed to focus on something, you know, a property and, and, and focus on the defects and stuff sure. like that. Otherwise, I feel that I would have... I don't know what I, I you know I don't know what I would have done so I had to throw myself into work mm. and you know that I I had at the same time I I just won a large contract with uh, a fairly large firm locally and the guy that, that that runs that company I'd known him for years I've worked with him in the past and you know I told him about my my dad mm. and he said look really don't worry about this really don't worry about this but I said look please let me do this and I did the job, and actually it was the largest job I'd done in God knows how long, and it set me up for the rest of the year pretty right. much. So the ability to kind of chuck myself into work was fantastic. Um, because of COVID, because of the stamp duty holiday, it's meant that I've just been, uh, there's been a surge in kind of people buying and selling houses. Yeah. And I have to say, um, you know, perhaps in this area, people aren't renowned for their friend, you know, friendliness sometimes and, and politeness. And I think there is a certain element of kind of, like, I've got this much money, uh, I expect you to do X. Right, okay. And you know, people have got my mobile number, so they're sending me like WhatsApp messages saying, well, where's my survey? And, 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 you know, evenings and weekends and stuff. And that's taken its toll. Yeah. And to the point now where we're a couple of weeks off of the stamp duty holiday ending and I'm looking forward to it. I have mm. to say, I'm, I'm looking forward to a bit more time. It did me a massive favour. I went from being, you know, twiddling my thumbs during the first lockdown to being really, really busy. But I think I do need to stop and just take stock for a little while. You said about, jokingly, that you're going to have your dad's watch. Um, right, yeah. What, what have you got? Have you, have mm. you, are you kind of a possessions yeah, I am. type, you know, knickknacks <laughs> yeah. and bits and pieces? Um, so I've got my dad's reading specs, right? Uh, not the ones I'm wearing at the moment, but so I had took his frames and had my, had my prescription put into right. them. Right. That's very cool. But, and you open up the case and, you know, I don't mind saying it's, it's Ray-Ban and everything in there. My dad was very much into, that's all he ever wore was Ray-Bans, right. Wayfarers. And they're, they're in that style. And you open up the case and you get this whiff of um, cigar, basically, because, you know, towards right. the end of his life, he wasn't smoking cigarettes. He was smoking kind of cigarellos or whatever they're called. Yeah. And you just kind of get this. And it's still, to this day, it's really strong. And it's lovely. You just get this whiff of kind of tobacco and you just think, oh, I wish I smoked. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, and so I've got those. Uh. And I've got a pair of his sunglasses, which were actually broken. Again, a pair of his Wayfarers. And I fixed them. Right. I'd, I'd gone into so many different kind of places to say, "Look, can you help me repair this?" And everyone was saying to me, "No, no, you can't get the part." So I actually made the part oh, wow. myself. Yeah. So it was just, uh, you know, I was just like, "Thought, you know, I'll be damned if I'm mm. not going to have this." God, that was from Pulp Fiction. Right? I'd be goddamned yeah. if this, yeah, <laughs> this hunk of my ass. But, um, yeah. No, I, I just thought. So I've got that. Um, my oldest brother has his watch, um, and it, you know, I mean, joking aside, I mean, he, he doesn't wear watches, so it's mm. just sat in a, in a box. And I was actually stood next to my dad in, when he bought that, at the Tag Cure shop in K 
Cancun in Mexico, I think it was. Right. Okay. And I kind of thought, well, you know, I stood next to him when he bought it, so you know, it should be mine, surely. Um, but no, the you know, as I say, it's just nice to have these bits and pieces. I mean, I, I I've kind of ended up with sort of pocket watches that were his dad's. From, wow, you know, um, and things like that. And and again, I've got two sisters, so we kind of shared bits and pieces. But yeah, um, yeah, it's lovely having kind of his his sort of artwork and stuff, all of his illustrations and. And stuff like that. No, it's nice. Though. Actually, I will say that we buried my dad whilst he was wearing a pair of Ray-Bans. <laughs> That's the way he would have wanted to go. That's incredible. That's the way he would have wanted to go. You know, it was sartorial elegance all the way. So, Love it. Yeah. And a, That's and a, amazing. And a comb in his back pocket. <laughs> he always had a comb in his back pocket. Uh, That's incredible. <laughs> uh I said to Fiona that I kind of want to try and try and draw up a, a, a list of questions, sort of over you know talking to different people, um, and just sort of get people to, to have a think about answers. Like why why don't we talk about it? Why don't we talk about grief and, and loss? So I had this conversation with my mum a little while ago because right. I really do think that she would benefit from some uh, talking therapy. Or you mm. know I'm, I'm not an expert in this, so something of talking therapy or whatever but she's very much again you know 1950s born stoicism Mm. and i just said to mum that stoicism is is to a certain extent it's great in others in others is utter crap yeah it is just it doesn't do anyone any favors no it? it really doesn't i mean this whole thing and i think you know, hopefully it's kind of going away. But the thing about manning up, I mean, I, th- I think there is, mm. you know, sometimes we, you know, you have to kind of dig your heels in and kind of get through stuff. But like with me not wanting to go and see my dad die, it was just a case of, you know, listen to what your, you know, essentially what your brain's telling you yeah. here. It's telling you that really, you know, can you handle this? Um, I, I think that's that's maybe heart, soul, whatever it is, rather than brain. Yeah, kind of protecting you from. I think you're right, but I, I think stoicism. I mean, I in with grief, I don't think it's useful. No, not at all. I, I really I don't. Agree. I think it's talk to somebody, and it. Do you know what? You might not be ready to talk to somebody for like a year or two, but at some point, you you know, I think you've got to get it off your chest. Can't hurt. I mean, no. I, that's, that's all I would say. I, I, as I said in the, I think the first pod, you know, I've, I've. I've been having therapy since the beginning of the year, and I've found it really, really useful. Okay. It's, you know, it's um. I mean, the the worst that can happen is you can do sort of a you know course of six weeks and not really get on with it. And are there any questions that you get asked where you think, "Blimey, I hadn't thought of that." Um. That make you think. Um. I mean, it's really sort of. Well, yeah. I mean, I I I think again, I sort of said that. The, the the way that because I, I the therapy for me is is partly um, about depression as well it's kind of it's more of a um, it's more the depression side of things but obviously you know losing dad is a big part of that mm. but it's kind of um, you know other other stuff too um, but I think yeah I mean it's, it's it's always asking questions it's always kind of talking about stuff and and sort of just unpackaging even the most bog standard things mm. that you kind of you know that there are elements in there that are 
you know, sort of connected back to dad or or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I I th I think you've got to be a little bit lucky in the combination of you and the you the person you're talking to. I think yeah. you have to kind of there has to be a you know that right sort of combination. Because um, I tried uh, I tried through the local wellbeing service. Okay. Um, sort of group CBT and it wasn't for me at all it was okay. very kind of depression and anxiety based mm -hmm. with anxiety sort of being um, the thing that was talked about the vast majority of the session I went to and it just I've never been you know sort of suffered from that side of things at all so slightly the the other side of that is I did at the back end of last year two training courses so um there's Mind in Mid-Heart, which mm. are an absolutely fantastic charity. Um, but also this thing called Start the Conversation. Okay. And I did a training course with them on basically talking to people about suicide. Right. And identifying when when people perhaps need that. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I'd lost somebody years ago to suicide. Um, and... I arguably I didn't spot the signs right. so you know I don't really I have to say I don't really beat myself up over that I don't you know I was a much younger person mm. and I just wasn't I don't want to say trained but I just didn't have yeah. that eye open sure. whereas nowadays it's I would like to think that if I was kind of getting an inkling that I'd be able to have them, not, not necessarily kind of help them or talk them through the issue but that, that guide them to somebody yeah. that, that that could um but yeah start the conversation is fantastic you know i mean I, I i recommend that very very highly um and i think that helped me in myself yeah by talking about other people that you know that have got far greater pressing things on them than, than perhaps mm. i perhaps i did sure i mean for me again uh, um shutting down was my way of dealing with it yeah you know loads of people do i think that it certainly kind of until i got out of my first marriage i think that was kind of the state i was in okay not necessarily by choice but just from sort of lack of support really yeah so no it's, it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky one and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all i think it's just kind of you, you do your kind of body and brain mm. do what they need to do don't they to kind of stop you from chucking yourself off a bridge mm. um, and just kind of getting on with life and particularly as a parent I mean I my daughter came along um, sort of less than a year and a half after dad died um, but that that initial period I you know I wasn't a dad I think if you've got uh, kids particularly some kind of school age kids you you know you does she ever remember that does she ever flag that with you um, how old would she have been I suppose so Daisy was um, so she she was born after Dad died, um, but she how old was she two two and two months when okay. me and her mum separated. Okay. No, she doesn't. No. She doesn't. You know, she was little enough, and I think it's um, we're lucky that 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 was the right time. Mm. You know, sort of a six months later, year later, mm. and it would have been very different. No, I mean, I hope all my kids didn't didn't necessarily pick up on when I you know as I said, when I shut down it doesn't mean I, yeah. I kind of 
gave them any more, any more, no, any course. less love. Yeah. In fact, if anything, they probably got squeezed a little bit harder in a hug. Mm. Um, but just just with other staff, you know, with running a business, everything yeah. just took a massive backseat. I just, you know, I just didn't deal with stuff for six months, basically. Yeah. Is is dad kind of alive in the conversation in your in your family? Do your do your kids? Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, my mum, you know, misses him terribly, but also, um, you know, she'll occasionally, you know, almost jokingly kind of berate him right. for not having done something or before he died or something, <laughs> like putting the bins out. But um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, just yesterday, I mean, I suck at, you know, glutton for punishment, but we sat down and watched. Um, my brother's wedding video from 2017 where we were all in America together right. and the, the whole family was there and uh, I watched my dad was you know my dad was a in the video but also filming some of it as well yeah. and it was just a, a year or so back it would have just triggered me of course um, yeah. I watched it yesterday and it was really nice right and actually Charlotte you know who was two I think when we went to to America, um, she said, "Oh, I miss you know, I miss Grandpa because uh, he was you know he was Grandpa, and uh, that was nice. You know, I mean, yeah. she she didn't know him for all that long. Um, I think yeah, she was four when he when he died. Right. Uh, whereas William has a much sure. greater memory yeah. memory of him. But uh, yeah, no, he's a, he's alive in the conversation." Um, Again, speaking to Stephen yesterday, my oldest brother, you know, we were, uh, this was news to me mm. that my dad had, you know, not only taken him out to play arcade games, but also had bought him Pong, I think it was, you know, the, oh, the, really? the Coleco <laughs> version, whatever it was. And they used to kind of um, sit and play it together. Right. My dad, you know, he, he quite enjoyed computer games. Um, but yeah, no, so yeah, no, he's definitely still alive I mean I think mm. isn't that when they say you die twice you know or the second time when people stop talking about you right um, I, no I, I can't see that happening really with mm. you know certainly not with me you know and there's certain things I say to my kids which are just dadisms yeah. in fact even tonight I fixed something for my daughter and I say fix something I've just given it a, a wallop <laughs> and my dad used to say to me if in doubt give it a clout and I turned around to Charlotte and said, "If in doubt, give it a clap." Which is dangerous with her, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just, you know, it was just dadisms. You know, it's just certain things that. And I said this at, at his funeral that um, there were things that he said to me, kind of growing up, that you know, there's good advice. Mm. You know, some of it was really, and I, and I still do it today. I still say it. You know, the fact every time I do it, and I kind of catch myself. Right. You sound like your father. You yeah. sound like your father. Um. Yeah, no, it, it it's a, a moment where he's back alive. You know, right. it's just that memory. Yeah. Do you look like him? Yeah, I I think I do. Um, yeah, I think I do. I mean, there's, there's a photo of me when I'm 18. There's a photo of my dad when he was 18, and we look identical. Mm. Um, my dad hated beards. Right. Yeah, he was like, what are you hiding behind? Or, or that's it, the whole point. It's hiding my face. Well, the other thing was that you used to say you look like Peter Sutcliffe. Um, <laughs> if you don't know who that is, go go and Google who Peter Sutcliffe. It's not the best, uh, but yeah. No, so I mean, even on my my brother's wedding day, he was like, 
couldn't have had a shave, could you? I was like, yeah, no, I'm all right. I'm all right with the beard, thanks. But yeah, no, so I have a beard and, and, and he didn't. But uh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. We, we do. What about you? Oh, I'm spitting. The absolute okay. spit. Uh, remind me when we go, go into the house, I'll show you a, okay. a photo of my my mum and dad and me on my wedding day. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, it's... it's um, so do you still... Uh, do you say 18 years ago? Yeah, in, in December. Yeah, it will be. Do you still think there's things that happened in your life where you think, oh, do you know, I just want to ask my dad's advice on that? Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. ev- everything. I mean, okay. And, and it's been... Uh, yeah, I mean, as as I said on the, the first pod, you know, he'd have he'd have worked cinema shifts. Oh, uh, really? Uh, he'd be the guy illustrating sort of half of my comic book scripts. He, you know, he probably would have got hold of a tattoo gun and learned how to do Okay, this. cool. Um, yeah, all the time. Um, I mean, I, I'm both a bit crap at DIY and sort of because the arthritis, I really struggle with, with certain bits, as you know, because you've had to do stuff around my house. It's fine. It's fine, mate. <laughs> um, Checks in the post, right? But yeah, it, it, it would be totally a dad. Yeah. Help, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's things, you know, every, every so often something I'll go wrong with a car, you know, and you're out and about and you think, oh, do you know what? Hmm. My dad would have known how to fix that or my, right. you know, my dad would have known that. My dad, you know, and it, as much as I love my mum, I've got a very different relationship to my mum. And, you know, she starts talking about, I don't know, the shopping that, you know, she's, she's going clothes shopping or something. And I have to say, I'm quite, you know, blunt. My mum said, Mum, my brain's seeping out my ears. I've got to go. <laughs> oh, you know, I've got zero interest in what you're saying, Mum. Um, you, you know, and I'd speak to my dad, you know, perhaps once a week, maybe on a Sunday or something. Mm. And I would have a five minute conversation with him, be it a good five minutes. Yeah. You know, and it would be a, a good, and there'd be something, you know, I'd say, oh, this has come up or whatever, or if I needed mortgage advice or. Yeah. And you know, there's other things kind of going on around that time where, um, you know, bizarrely because my dad died, I needed my dad's advice. So you know, it was just, it was like a double-edged sword. It was like my dad would know what to do with this situation where he's died. You know, it was just, it doesn't. The logic there is um, yeah, lacking somewhat. That's, but, no, I think that's quite beautiful. Okay, uh, and it was just, yeah. oh, no, I wish I could phone my dad and talk about his funeral. Uh, I think I don't know if. I mean, it sounds—it sounds like it's kind of the same for you, but I think, you know, dads, dads are sitting and watching Blade Runner. Mm. Uh, you know, it's—it's it's not sort of gossiping about. I, I, you know, I speak to my mum most days, and we and we do chat. You know, we we have a gossip and wang on about any old shit, really. Mm. Um, no, I can only hear the same story um, three or four times before <laughs> the, the 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 vein at the side of my forehead starts pulsing. Um, um, yeah, do you have pictures up? I've got one that's. I've, I say one. I've got three pictures of my dad that are really special to me, yeah. um, and one that I took. I think I must have been twenty six or something. Like that. We were in Thailand, mm. and it was him on the beach, uh, just waving at me. And that's really special because again he's wearing his his trademark Ray-Ban. It's like Jack Nicholson, but just imagine Jack Nicholson. <laughs> he got my dad, and you know, just give me a wave on the beach. And then, um, 
He very rarely smiled in photos. I think right. he was of the opinion that if he smiled in a photo, that's, that's his face was going to be like that forever, you know, right. like Western type things. And, and God, God forbid you'd smile in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's three pictures I've got. And actually, again, I mean, my dad had gone from being kind of, I don't want to say hard, but quite a tough guy to he started painting in his later years. Right. So I've actually okay. got one of his paintings, which is. Um, really good right i mean i was just i'm kind of blo- i mean i swear that but i think he was watching bob ross right, and yeah. you know i think that was kind of calming him down a little bit yeah. you know and it was just like so he'd done this painting of the sea of uh, the um the sea essentially with a shoreline and a, a lighthouse absolutely incredible right perspectives correct and everything i mean i marked him on it <laughs> so i've now got that you know that's oh, great that's... so not only have i got the, the, the photos of them but i've also got that yeah nice I didn't sort of do the whole sort of saying half the stuff I should have done. How do you mean? I think. Um, well, he, again, I think I sort of spoke to Fiona about this because he had brain surgery yeah. very, very early on. He wasn't quite, you know, yeah. as he had been. Um, yeah, and just just sort of asking stuff and just, just you know, just hugging him more, I think I, I could have I could have done. And... Um, and stuff like that. I, I got very lucky. Mm. That that Saturday is just... I mean, it was a unseasonably warm spring day. The sun was coming in. I sat on this double bed with my dad. Um, just chatting. Yeah, you know, just absolutely. Just, oh, honestly, and it, and it just... Again, I might regret it later on in life that I wasn't there when he drew his final breath. But to be honest, that... Uh, what that wasn't my dad my dad was sure. chatty and, and all the rest so really i felt that you know out of all of the brothers i got lucky yeah that i had that day with him um yeah i feel very fortunate loads of people i, I appreciate that you know people kiss their loved ones good morning you know good goodbye on a, on a morning they go on the m25 and have an accident or something mm. they never sit that's it yeah you know that's the last conversation you've ever had with someone so sudden yeah I feel very, really, very fortunate in that respect that I had that that last moment with him. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I, certainly my mum struggled massively with memories of of dad, okay. um, kind of all the way through because he had um, he had chemo and and radiotherapy shaved all his hair off to kind of uh, preempt losing it, mm. and he lost a, he sort of in bits not kind of completely mm. um he actually uh got pneumonia twice it was pneumonia that killed him in the end oh, um because uh you know sort of very sort of weakened lungs because mm. of the cancer um but the first time he was kind of rushed into uh into whatever he was rushed into and he was and he had kind of a, a big sort of mask um sort of put on him pumping air you know pumping oxygen mm. into his system um, but they didn't put it on properly with the right padding, so he had part of the mask was kind of cutting into oh, this man. part of his head, into his forehead, just between his um, between his eyes. So he ended up with this kind of this scab, um, sort of teardrop scab that must have been sort of about uh, I don't know about an inch and a half, two inches long, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of appeared in Mum's memories like that kind of when wow. they first met at uh, art school they were 18 19 he always had this teardrop and he was always the same yeah wow uh 
and sort of you know all, all these these kind of memories and growing up she just could you know that was it that's how she remembered him for a long time yeah um and <laughs> yeah I, I i i think kind of having that four month period of him being kind of not the same person that he was for our whole mm. lives i think is you know is tricky i think there's a certain extent with that with my mum i mean the the he had had part of his liver removed. He had a kidney infection. So, you know, right. obviously, I mean, unless you know, but people tend to go a little bit loopy with, with yeah. kidney infections. So, you know, I think my mum just thought that he was just being grumpy with, with her. And, it, and right. it, it really clearly wasn't the case. That And so, again, so that is tough for me when she kind of says, well, he was kind of quite grumpy in his final days. Yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> he wasn't grumpy. He was dying. Of yeah, it. quite. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, that, that's just kind of, he wasn't just taking it out on you. You yeah. know, this guy was dying. I mean, he was being poisoned by, yeah. you know, his lack of liver. So, yeah, I think that, I, I mean, again, I'm very fortunate in how I choose to remember him. Mm. I mean, I have got a photograph of my on my phone that he took on his phone. So I, I got given his phone uh, when, he, when he died just to take everything off, essentially. Mm. And there was a photo, the last photo he'd taken on the phone. He'd, he'd done a basically done a selfie in the hospital, and he had a beard, right? Which he had, he would have hated. <laughs> so obviously no one shaved him or anything like that. Uh, so he had this beard, and he's done a selfie, and I, and I said I've got that on the phone, and that's not how I remember my dad. I remember yeah. my dad as a big, strong kind of. I mean, he, I'm the short one in the family. I'm six foot one. I'm the short guy. Oh really? Yeah, no, he was like six five. Wow. I mean, he he okay. was just huge so i when i remember him that's how i remember him big mm. you know big strong guy not the guy sitting in a hospital bed with a yeah. with a kind of gray gray and beard maybe that's a choice thing i don't know maybe i choose to remember him that way and, and kind of ignore the fact that he you know he wasn't frail that's the other thing is mm. it's just i've got friends of mine who, whose parents are in advancing years and they've got dementia mm. they're needing help in, you know with basic kind of sanit- you know sanitary stuff yeah and my dad never went down that route you know mm. I mean, again i feel very fortunate because he, he was very much kind of one for kind of his dignity yeah um he would have hated you know anything like that how totally to be spoon fed yeah. so you know again you know you just think that didn't get him mm. you know he didn't end up like that um and i i really do feel for those people that that, that watch their loved ones kind of literally yeah. just decay in front they of their eyes yeah the oh, it must be, it must be awful yeah, I mean, there was a certain amount of of that, um, not sort of toilet stuff, okay. not bath stuff, you know that, um, you know, he signed off before, and to exactly the same, he would have fucking hated it. Because your dad was in the loft putting insulation down, is that right? When he yeah. first tweaked. Yeah, um, okay. and it just, I think it just happens to coincide, and you know, GP, um, sort of saying that he had a trapped nerve. Um, the the one of the specialists at the neurology hospital just said, you know, had he shined a light in his eyes, he'd have he'd have known that there was something going on, and he would have been rushed into hospital. Yeah. So three of these in, how are you feeling about talking about this? Yeah, good. Good. I mean, yeah? I I think it's not a finger in a wound. Uh, no, but no, let's not go there. Okay. Um, a finger up the bum. Mm-hmm. Um. No, I I think it's um, I mean I you know I'm I'm pretty open about 
about it all and you know open about sort of my mental health stuff and and you know I don't think that you know you don't have to tell anyone you're doing therapy um just put it out on a podcast yeah yeah um keep it to yourself yeah (laughs) (laughs) um no it's interesting I mean I think that in the same way that Griefcast you know I found it really really interesting and and useful as did you by the sounds of it it's um you know talking about I mean everyone is going to experience grief and loss in a different way Mm. and I think everybody is you know just kind of people being at different stages um, I'd say I, I'm surprised I've not welled up talking about him this evening but again I think it's just it's not you know I don't look at it like oh, I've got to be manly for Luke uh, you know I'm manly uh-huh. um, <laughs> it, it's just I think it's just time you know sure. it's I know it's cliche but you know time's a great healer and all the rest but actually it is, you know, it, as things are going. I'm, I'm never going to forget my dad. No, it's, it's what it's, and I'm never going to feel okay about the fact that I have not got my dad. Mm. But I'm very thankful for what I had with him. You know, all the way across the board. Yeah. You know, so many people don't know their dad. You know, the, the Father's Day must be very difficult for lots of people. Just as yes, yeah. uh, Lisa, who I work with, uh, she lost her mum in 2015 to to cancer. Um, when I was talking about it, you know, I had you to talk to and, and, and you know, that you'd lost somebody mm. and also her, she'd lost somebody. And, you know, just that ability to talk to people that have lost people. Um, I, I don't want to say that just because you haven't lost someone that you can't empathize with somebody, but really. I now th- I will go out and, okay, you say- and I will say that I, I think that and, unless you've, you've lost someone that you don't know how no. completely kind of uh, completely engulfing it can be no but you can't I mean um, as I think Fiona pointed out that uh, you can have your grief for a relationship that's failed or, 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 or yeah you know, that, that, and to a certain extent you might be able to kind of you know sympathize maybe rather than you know rather than actually know you know you knew when i was talking to you about the fact that i was about to lose my dad you're like i've been you know i've lost my dad i've I've seen him you know and it was just not that you said i've been you know i didn't say to you look my dad's really ill and you went yeah i've been there done that (laughs) you know come on change the subject now yeah yeah. come on yeah yeah yeah, what what of it (laughs) um you know you were a little bit more supportive than that but i think it's a crappy club to be part of yeah but once you're part of it you know you things are just slightly different for you i mean i'm a grown-up now yeah apparently and i'm not even 40 yet i haven't got a dad to lean on yeah so i'm now a grown-up he's i'm trying to convince myself what's that like again don't know (laughs) and it it was just you know every so often i kind of a bill will come in and go, oh, yeah, 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 I've, I've got a credit card. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like that. But, um, yeah. I'm, I'm... Yeah, I, th- I think talking about it is healthy. I think so. You know, and I think if you can get a few different people's sort of, um, you know, different perspectives on stuff, I mean, hopefully people will, you know, have have things, you know, little tricks or little things or mm-hmm. memories or whatever it is that... that 
you know, I don't know, kind of spark something in in you or something that you can you can see in the way that you cope with stuff, or mm. or maybe a thing that you kind of think, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I can see that. Maybe I can whatever. I'd say it's made me not that I've ever been an angry individual. I mean, that's never been me. Mm. But I have to say, it you, you know, you start. It's not like everything that ever happens, I go, well, it's not my dad dying. But it's kind of like, actually, I've got a barometer of, you know, stuff. And things, something will happen, whether it's at work or, you know, in private life or whatever. And you kind of... It moves the goalposts. It does. Yeah. It does. And you just think, okay, I can can handle this, you know, know, compared to, um, yeah, compared to the other, some of the other stuff. And I think, as human beings, I mean, I think we surprise ourselves sometimes like how we deal with stuff and you know mm. i'm never going to judge somebody that feels a need to complete suicide mm. if that's where they, they were their head was at and that's what they needed to do then i'm not going to judge them i'm not going to say oh you know it's the easy way out or the cow's way out because actually you know i don't i don't believe that mm. um it's just i feel it's a shame that they've been let down enough to get to that stage that someone's missed something or I don't think anyone just going to get up in the morning and goes, you know what? I want to do this today. I want to take my, my life. No, it's, it's, yeah. It must be a slow burn towards it. And, and, you know, the, hopefully that there's somebody that can spot it, you know, spot the grief, spot the, the the signs and can just say, actually, I think you should talk to somebody. I think the problem with like true depression is that you get really good at hiding it. Yeah. In the same way that you know, whatever it is, an addiction or a you know a, a booze problem or whatever, you kind of find ways to function normally. So there's a podcast called uh, the Mental Podcast with Ian Boldsworth, right. and this is exactly what he was saying. And he said like the the best advice you can give someone with depression is is chin up. You know, just just <laughs> he said that's great advice. You know, he's just he's just like. And, you know, he talks about it on, on that and um, about, you know, his attempt to, to, you know, undertake suicide. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, I mean, I, that, that kind of blows my mind, you know, and he still deals with that on a daily basis. He has to deal with that. Mm. Um, but he, he, somehow he does, you know, somehow he's, he's, he's surrounded himself with people that get depression. They get that, you know, mm. that this is what, you know, and I think, some people just don't get depression. You know, you get these people that say, why be depressed? Get up at 5 a.m., go for a jog, mm. eat healthy, and you'll be fine. And it's just like, do you know what? Do one. <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to have the nice unhealthy breakfast and I might turn up to work at around about nine-ish, you know, if I can be bothered. You know, it's, no, it's just, you know, depression, it's just the state of mind. Oh, oh, so oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. And it's just like, hmm, okay. And, and, clinical depression or you know whatever stage of depression I, I refuse to believe that no one has ever gone through some form of depression mm. I refuse to believe that you can't have had that greater life it's got to be relative you yeah. look at the royal family and arguably they're in a fairly good position you know yeah probably but you only need to kind of throw in the you know the amount of stuff that they have to exactly do, you know the, the it's all relative the job i guess yeah it is all relative you know even you know you say like a, 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 
a royal family they've got stuff you know somebody running a car a massive fortune 500 company mm. might have a nice house with swimming pool and all the rest but they still gonna have stuff to deal with oh the stress yeah i mean just you know yeah i mean something like that so as i say i i i, I don't believe that anyone can get through their whole life without having a moment of mm. it all right everyone will lose someone i mean that's yeah. the thing whether it's a relationship breakdown or a you know or a, or a loved one dying or yeah. you know you know a cat a cat dying if if that's the biggest loss that you've you know you've experienced mm. yeah i mean relationship life, breakups yeah. i mean they can be devastating mm. yeah. and they can they can lead on to other issues yeah um yeah it's a jolly name, isn't it? I know. Jolly one to. Where are we at? About an hour and ten in. That's all. That's all good. Cool. Yeah. Not a two-parter. I'm not a two-part kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wham bam. That's, thank you, man. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Well, thanks. For, thank you for talking to me, dude. It's, no, it's thank been, you. It's been really nice. Thanks for nice agreeing to... to let me write your theme tune. Okay. <laughs> The lovely Nick Brown there. Thanks for talking to me, Nick. It was really nice to uh, to not only chat but to actually do it in person, which was which was um, yeah quite novel. As always, um, if you're able to subscribe, like, leave us a review, tell your mates, all that kind of stuff, it, it helps us enormously. Uh, it also helps other people that aren't connected to us find the podcast. So if you get a second and would like to, uh, we'd be very grateful. You can find all our social media stuff at thepuppabearchronicles.com. You can also find out about the pod and various other bits and pieces if you uh, are interested. Thanks again for listening. And pod number four is yet to be recorded, but will be coming your way in the not-too-distant future. Uh, I'm working my way through a, a list of lovely people that that are happy to talk about horrible shit that's happened to them, essentially. Uh, So yeah, pod number four will be coming in the not-too-distant future. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, and, and we'll speak soon. Cheerio. This podcast has been recorded, edited, and produced by me, Luke Aldridge, here at the Man Cave. Thanks, as always, to Joe Auckland for the music, and this has been a Papa Bear Chronicles production.